I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, it's just gone midday, which means it is once again time for the call. 10 stocks, one hour and two experts we're gonna give you the lowdown on exactly what you should do, buy, sell, or hold with the stocks that you, our viewers, have sent in. Well, today I'm joined in studio by Jason McIntosh from Motion Trader. Jason, great to have you on the show. Andrew, great to be back in the studio. First time on the call. First time, looking forward to it. Seen there's lots of good stuff uh, spoken about in recent weeks, and uh, yeah, hope I can add a bit to it. It's, um, you know, a lot of people say, you know, understand the company you invest in. I've got a bit of a tweak on that, it's more, understand the process that you use to invest with. Okay. So for me, it's all about, it's all about looking at the price action, mm-hmm. looking for the trends, and when you identify a trend, it's using risk management to, to get on that trend so that you can, um, you can potentially like get the upside whilst, whilst having, a, having a get out point if it's not working out. Okay, excellent. Well, we'll get a bit more uh, colour on that as we proceed through the show. And uh, joining us uh, via Skype, we've got Carl Kapalinga, long-term friend of the show. Mate, always good to see you. How are things? Yeah, good afternoon, Andrew. Good afternoon, Jason. Things are very good over here in the West. Beautiful uh, sunny day outside. Things are pretty good on the market as well, so I can't complain at all. Everything is coming up, Trumps. That's brilliant. And we've got a new president as well. So what a great day to be alive. (laughs) Let's start, if we can, gents, before we get to our 10 viewer nominated stocks, let's look at our stock of the day. We thought we had to go with Tiny Beans. Now, this is probably a bit under the radar for a lot of people. They provide a social media app, but one built around privacy uh, for sort of sharing kids' photos, essentially. It had a pretty good result out today, record revenue and hitting cash flow positivity, which is always a nice thing to see when it comes to a small cap growth stock. Carl, is it one that you follow? Uh, no, it's not, Andrew, actually. And I, I keep saying this when I come on the show. It's This is why I love coming on the show, because I find out about stocks that I maybe didn't know about. I get to do a little bit of research on them. And uh, quite often, like with Tiny Beans, I like them. And uh, I think this is a very, very interesting stock. Now, Jason mentioned in his introduction, uh, I guess, his, his philosophy or methodology. So it, it uh, sounds like he's a bit of a technical analyst. So Ditto over here said he's a trend follower, uh, double Ditto over here. Um, for me, um, you know, if you're a trend follower, look, you're never going to get the bottom, you're never going to get the top, but that's not your objective. Your objective is to get the big bit um, in the middle. And obviously, uh, as Jason says, you want to have some rules around how you do that. Um, but uh, I do like to look at the fundamentals as well. And for me, it's about finding um, the right stock at the right price and the technicals help me uh, determine when the right time is. So um, in, let's go through that checklist. I think this is the right stock. Um, I think it looks very good. It's got a great product. Um, so these guys do a, it's a photo journal slash social media app um, for parents uh, with, um, oh, look, I was going to say young children, but um, maybe I've missed the boat. My kids are a bit older, but certainly I could imagine if this was around uh, when I had very, very small children, I'd, I'd like to use it. So you can mm. um, share your photos with, with a group, with a family um, in a very, very safe way of doing it. But, you, you know, it's, it's all about 
curate, uh, not just collation, but curation now as well. So you get to um, make it look very pretty as well. And uh, I know a lot of parents out there like to do that. And it's a you know it's a photo journal essentially um, for of, of their lives. Uh, so it's 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 subscription based. Um, it's a freemium product. Uh, you download it from the App Store. It's actually been Apple's app uh, app of the day twice in 2020. Mm. Um, it's got 4.8 million subscribers. That that was up 800,000 in the last quarter, 300,000 the quarter before that. So yeah. it's not linear growth. It's got sort of exponential growth here. Uh, it seems to be just catching on. Um, it's just gone cash flow positive. So uh, it's first quarter of cash flow positive. It's been operationally cash flow positive for the last couple of quarters. And that's just sort of accountant speak for if you back out uh, research development and one-off costs, uh, then it's making money. But I would suggest a company like this that's silly to back those things out. Mm. They are part and parcel. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, look, it's on the right track. Um, so I think it's the right company. It's got a great product. It's, it, it's, it's growing subscribers very quickly. It's well received by the market. Over 92% um, resubscribes. And um, it, the, the price isn't, isn't uh, bad either. So that's the, the second checkbox. Um, it, it's probably not going to earn any, mo- any money this year. It'll probably break even this year on the current r- run rate. But then in uh, FY22, I've got it earnings anywhere between two is a very conservative estimate up to about seven cents per share. And if we just take the midpoint of that, uh, that means you've got an FY22 P of 40, 40, uh, which sounds high, but for a growth stock um, of this magnitude, I, I don't think it's high because you basically halve that in FY 2023. And that kind of gets me to the point here, which is this is a longer term play. This is not a, a buy now and expect this to double over the next few weeks. It's a buy now and expect it to double, triple over the next few years because it's kind of hit that critical mass now where it's got enough subscribers uh, that we go cash flow positive and, then, and the profits start to roll in. So uh, check on the right stock, check on the right price. Now it's about timing. And I don't think we're there on the timing. So we've got two out of three boxes, right? Um, the, the trend isn't terrible on the chart. We, I do have a long-term uptrend, but it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a fairly flat one. So I'd like to see a bit more um, excitement come into the chart here. I wouldn't buy it now because I want to see a little bit more momentum come in. Uh, I think 160 is the key level. It, it kind of doesn't make sense to say, we'll buy it at a higher price. We, we, we want to get things cheap. Um, but when it comes to technical analysis, it's about buying things when there's momentum, when other people are starting to see what you're seeing in the stock. Um, so through through 160, I'm definitely a buyer on this one. Right now, yeah. it's just a wait and see. Well, you might not have to wait too long, Carl, because shares are up about 15% almost today. Mm. Jason, does it yep. tick any boxes for you? Yeah, look, you've got to love a good subscription model. And um, look, they're great businesses because uh, subscribers tend to, tend to come back, they renew each year. Um, Carl's saying they've got a high high retention rate, which is just fantastic. It's uh, look, it's it's not a stock that I know know a lot about. Mm. Not a little bit. I get a I get a daily email from them. It's um, it's uh, I get basically get an update on what my my sister's kids are doing because they're subscribed and they've signed me up. So oh, okay. So so yeah, I understand the picture diary of it all. It's actually actually pretty pretty good for you know seeing what what your family and friends are up to, and. Uh, but look, on the from the, the chart perspective, that's where that's where I'm most interested. I have a look at that and like it had a had a really big run up in twenty nineteen. Yes. And look, the market looks like you know, the people who are watching it seem to get you know, probably a bit carried away with the uh, you know, the, the, the story and the potential. And yeah. then, you know, COVID's come along and it's absolutely crashed. So it's really got that boom bust profile. Mm. Uh, what we've seen over the last over three bucks. Yeah, look, yeah, yeah, very much. Mm. So look, what we've seen over the last last probably nine months, it started to, you know, it's formed the base, it started to, to, to ratchet higher again. Mm. And you can see the momentum's coming in on the, on the, on the up moves and on the, the down moves or the consolidations, they're, they're fairly flat. So that, that's a pretty good sign for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, like Carl, I'd like to buy this in a strength. I wouldn't like to just, just come in and, and, uh, and take it now. 
look, breaking above the December high around $1.70, uh, that's probably probably around the mark mark for me. So pretty close to the Carl's mark. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And look, over the next maybe one to two years, I think this is it's very much got the potential and the profile that could take it back up to those those previous highs we saw in 2019. Okay. So risk reward wise, I think it I think it's pretty compelling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting business. I think it's also a good case study too in uh, the market often getting carried away with a good story. We see it all mm. the time. A business that has very attractive potential, getting some early runs on the board, the market just goes you know, parabolic and things just run too far. There's no way that the company can deliver on such ridiculous expectations in such a short time frame. And then, yeah. and then everyone piles out the door again. But you know, as Carl was sort of saying, there's actually a pretty decent business here that looks like. And for those that, those that uh, I guess had, a, uh, and he's made the point of sort of looking at this from a longer term perspective, there could be something in that. So viewers, I hope that has, has given you some food for thought there with Tiny Beans. I'd like to bring you some new ideas every now and again. But let's get into the 10 stocks that have been suggested by you. Uh, Jason, I'll start with you this time here. Vihar has written in about Goodman Group. Uh, this is a, a, a property business. It's one that's actually done very, very well over time. In fact, going back to 2011, their earnings have uh, compounded at about 17% per year. Very steady, reliable, uh, increasing dividends. So it seems to tick a lot of boxes, although it is on a PE of 25 and a yield of 1.7%. Mm. Is this a space, Jason, that, that you typically invest in? Uh, yeah, yeah. Look, I'll look at everything from the smallest companies to the largest companies, and I'm looking for looking for momentum. And momentum is where you, which draws your attention to to ideas. And Goodman's a look. It's a it's it's a big, solid, um, well managed company. Uh, it's an industrial uh, industrial property company. So they've mm. got got operations around the world: Australia, uh, Asia, Europe, North America, Brazil. It's um, you know, great management team. You look at the, the average tenure of the, the board and it's something like 14 years. So that's something which is you know, always good to look for in a company. You've got good, stable management. They've got a model that works and they keep replicating and they keep getting good results. Yep. So ticking a lot of boxes there. 1.7% dividend, yeah, not as, not as flash. But look, they do retain a lot of their, their earnings to, to funnel back into growth. Mm. So, and it is a growth stock and that's why you're paying that higher PE. Um, look, it's um, another, just slightly on the negative side, the, the, the CEO and the deputy CEO just sold down a few of their shares. Mm -hmm. Relatively small to, you know, compared to their overall holding, but nonetheless, may, maybe it's just like trimming their positions a little bit. Um, I'll look at the, the share price now. And well, look, you look at over the last 10 years and it's been a you know, gangbusters rally. It's gone, gone up a you know, huge amount. Yeah. And even the last five, yeah, it has. Look, mm. a mistake I think a lot of people will often make is I'll look at it over the last last five or ten years and say, oh, look, it's it's gone so far. It's you know the best gains are gone. It's um, it's too late, and they you know, they don't go any further. But what Tal shows is these big trends can last a long time. It's a good company, good management. It can keep performing. Would I buy it right now? Uh, no, I wouldn't because it's pulling back. Was recently at twenty dollars, now down at seventeen and a half. A lot of people talk about buying the dip, but look, where where do you buy? What part of the dip do you buy? Do you wait for it to be at ten percent, twenty percent, thirty percent? No one knows. No mm. one knows where it's going to where it's going to base. It could well base around here and, and head back up, but I'd rather buy into the momentum on the upside than punt that it's going to base around here. You know, 
market history is full of the unexpected and the, the unimaginable, and you, you, know, you never know. So I'd rather not buy the weakness. Mm -hmm. I'd wait for the um, wait for the strength. So like the business, don't like the price action. I think you make an excellent point though on the dangers of anchoring. We all do it, don't we? Mm. Look back and go, oh, it's too late. I could have. I should have. Now it's yeah. gone too high. It's just. Yeah, guilty as charged uh, in, in many respects there, personally. Carl, what do you reckon about Goodman Group? Uh, Jason makes some good points there. Do you agree with him, though, in terms of the uh, the price momentum? Uh, oh, yes or no, yes or no. <laughs> yeah, look, uh, look. I think uh, if Tiny Beans is at the exciting end of the spectrum, uh, Goodman is at the exciting end of the boring spectrum, if that makes any <laughs> sense. Um, and I guess as an investor, you've, you've, you, you know, you, you, you set, it's like picking a footy team, right? And you have different players for different positions and you might have a tiny beans in there, which is all upside and it's a small position and you're taking long-term view. And then you might have a stalwart like Goodman in there, uh, which as I said, it's the exciting end of the boring spectrum. So it's, it's a boring stock. It's got great history, as you said, in terms of its compound annual growth rate, great management, and it's in an, it's in an exciting space. So they, these guys do all the, the warehousing and infrastructure um, developments, the structures that Amazon then go put their, um, you know, their, their warehouses in distribution centres. Um, main um, revenues come from Asia. Uh, it's a massive growth through there. And then Australia and New Zealand, a very small um, exposure to the US, which is probably a good thing right now, given the COVID situation. So, you know, the, it, it, it's certainly the right company. Um, it, it's just about getting the right price and then and then the right time. Uh, and I, I think in terms of the, the, the price action, yeah, it has pulled back. Um, and, and, that, and and then buying these pullbacks, uh, as as Jason says, is, there's a higher risk involved. So you've got to decide what type of investor you are. You, are you happy to take on higher risk to get higher return? Because if you can pick that pullback well, obviously by the time it starts to get back into the trend that Jason's talked about, you're already up quite a lot. You can adjust your stop losses, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it's higher risk, but it's also higher return. Um, I think it's pulled back to a really interesting level here. It's at a long-term level of support for me. Um, and, and then it's like Jason said, well, when do you know when to buy? And I think you've got to look to the market, the price action again. And if you see um, some of that buying coming in at those known levels of support, I think you can back it and go with it um, if you've got the quality stock. And I think this is a quality stock. So I'm happy to buy it right now based upon where it's pulled back to and the fact that it is in a very, very long-term uptrend. So I think it deserves a spot in your portfolio because it is, um, it, you know, yes, it's a higher PE, due to where they're operating, the growth they're getting, and, the, and, and just they're so well run, I think they deserve that, um, that higher PE compared to the, uh, their peers. This is, I think, that, look, I'm not say, I think this is, this is still my top pick in the property sector. Okay, nice one. Hey, let's uh, move right along. Carla, I'm gonna stick with you. Let's talk about high PEs here. Here's one for you, PE of 60 for Cochlear. Now this is uh, a real stalwart okay. of the ASX. Uh, we've had Jock right in uh, asking about it. Now we all know that this might, there's, there's always, uh, you know, the devil is in the detail here. Earnings have taken a real knock due to that patent infringement. Is it right to look past that at more underlying earnings capacity or is this is this just, uh, you know, something to avoid? Yeah, look, I think you've got to look past that patent infringement and the settlement that they've had to uh, make there with the pending settlement. You've got to look past their COVID issues as well. Uh, and we talked about valuations before. So we talked about a PE of roughly 20 for Goodman Group and I said it deserves that higher PE. Um, now you're looking at double, depending on what they're going to earn, it could be triple that for Cochlear and you have to look through so many things. Um, you're not looking through anything for Goodman Group. They're going to grow. Cochlear, 
uh, their earnings are probably going to shrink at least in this FY and maybe um, into the first half of the next before they start to get that great growth that justified their high PEs um, prior to this crisis. So um, if you can look through those things, and, and that's not me, I'm, I'm not a person who wants to sit there and wait for all of that execution risk uh, and, and hold this stock in the meantime. So look, it, it's, a, it's a no from me. It's, it's not a terrible stock. It's a fantastically run stock. It's a fantastic product. It's a premium product. It is um, the go-to product um, in, in this space. We're talking about obviously audio implants and, and wearables. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of people who prescribe these things, it, it, is, it, is, it is where 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 the market is going. So great product, great company, great history. It's just not the time to get into this right now. And the chart is reflecting that as well. So we've had a breakdown of key support. I can't see where the next support level is going to be. We're not reacting in a positive way um, at, at around that level anyway. So um, it's had a bit of a bounce, but uh, I still think the actual long-term trend has actually switched to down for the time being. So whilst that long-term trend is down, it's, uh, it's not for me. Yep. Okay. Fair enough. Jason, what do you think? Yeah, great, great company. It's um, like I remember back in the, the late 90s and the, the mid 2010s where some analysts would come out and say, look, too high a PE, you know, expensive growth stock, leave it alone. And you know, look what it's done now. You know, it's like, like Goodman. It's got these, these big trends which have endured over, over many years. And, uh, but look, it's, it's been, been, a, been a rotten year for them. Profitability is down about you know, 40 or 50 percent. Um, COVID's behind, behind you know, a lot of it. A lot of the... Um, uh, the elective surgeries where you put these implants in have had to be, be put off. Uh, look, they're, they're saying, the company's saying they're starting to see um, growth picking up again in, um, in the US, which is probably surprising given they're still you know, COVID hotspot, mm. and, um, and also Germany and Korea. But then they say they're also like seeing growth still decline in, in, um, in the, the UK, Spain and Italy. So it's a mixed bag, it's uncertain. There's, it's, it's probably like on the fundamental side, it's, it's, you know, it's a tricky time to move forward with the stock. Yeah. Look at the price action, it's now trading. Look, it tried to have a bit of a run up last year, but that, that momentum didn't, uh, wasn't able to be sustained. It's since pulled back. It's now trading below the 100 day moving average. So for now, I'd say it's probably best to uh, just, just to stand aside. It doesn't pay much in the way of a dividend at the moment, so you're not being paid to wait. Mm. So I really don't see, from a risk-reward perspective, there's, I don't see the hurry to, to, to get in. So keep an eye on it, watch it, and uh, reassess later on. Okay, there you go, Jock. Hopefully some uh, added perspective for you there. Uh, let's talk about Zelira Therapeutic. ZLD is the code. I wasn't aware of this one, Jason. Ben has sent it in. This is uh, sort of in that medical marijuana space, a, a more of a pharmaceutical bent here, developing some cannabinoid uh, products. From, as, from what I understand, they've actually launched two formulations, which is in market and generating revenue. Although, of course, early stage company and the, and the company does seem to be bleeding cash at this stage. Is it one that uh, is a kind of business that, um, that floats your boat? Look, it's one of those one of these you know, interesting companies which, um, in the depths of the ASX, which most people will never come across. Its um, market cap's 115 million. So it's outside the all ordinaries. It's um, yeah, it's called uh, the, the the product they work with is um, uh, cannabinoid. So that's a compound of cannabis, mm. and so they've got some clinical trials in operation. Their their main product at the moment seems to be this um, um, uh, treatment for insomnia, chronic mm. insomnia. Now the company says there's some, um, I think it's 10, 10% of Australians suffer from chronic insomnia, of which one in five 
uh, don't respond to the, the current treatments. Mm. And so the Therapeutic Goods Administration have given approval for this, this product to be rolled out on, on a prescription basis. Mm. So look, you just never know. If they have some success with that and they're able to roll it out further, um, uh, you know, they've got global reach with these things. Uh, these stocks can perform really well. It's about you know, managing the risk of, of getting into it. So it's 20% um, yeah, of the company is owned by insiders, which is always a good thing. Mm -hmm. you, know, you want people with skin in the game running your, your, your company because everyone's on the same, same vested interest page. And uh, when, I, when I look at the chart, look, it's actually, it's actually got quite an inter interesting chart profile. It's, uh, it does have the, the ingredients for, for an uptrend. Mm -hmm. The moving averages are, are rising. The share price has been rising. What's really interesting to look, look at is uh, the volume profile. And so when I look at the volume of this stock, when the, when the shares have a, have a run up, there's been a run up on high volume. And then when they go, you know, they consolidate and they pull back, the volume's dried up. Mm -hmm. So it really suggests that there's accumulation of this stock and, uh, and, the, and the people who are accumulating it, uh, they push it higher, they step back, let the market breathe and push it higher again. So fundamentally, I don't, look, I don't, don't know where it goes. It's not the um, sort of stock I'd, I'd you know, typically food, put forward to, to my members. But, but look, I think um, the share price is doing the right thing. There's a, there's a high potential story there. So for people who are interested in this, this sort of field, it's, you know, it's one of those places where you, you could look at, you can manage the risk on it, and there is substantial upside potential. Okay. Potential being the, the operative word. But it's not a buy for you, though? Look, no, I'd, okay. um, I wouldn't buy it. All right. Uh, Carl, what do you think here? Um, you know, it's one of those businesses that if, if they do get some traction, the sky's kind of a limit. But there's also probably some lessons from history here as well. We know that statistically they don't, uh, they don't usually work out. Well, they're, they're throwing everything uh, they can at it, I guess, Andrew. So they, they expect to have 15 products in the market by the end of uh, this calendar year. Um, they've got plenty of um, trials and studies going on at the moment. As you, um, Jason said, there's one for um, insomnia. There's also one for autism, which is actually they've had a couple of licensing sales in the US for, and that's uh, generating their only revenue at this point in time. Uh, with that many products coming on stream, you know, maybe you could you could think, well, one of them's got to hit. Um, but then, how much does it hit? There's, look, it's so it's so early stages for this one. Is it the right company? Look, I, if I really squint, I can say the the management seems to be making the right noises. They seem to have the right experience when you look at uh, look at the letters after their name, um, and they, I think they're going about it the right way. It's a very scientific approach. Um, is it the right price? No, I don't think so. I don't think there's, there's in terms of, a, you know, the value, trying to, if you extrapolate our earnings, you can't even see them. You can't even, you can't see these earnings yet. So it's hard to extrapolate it out and then say, well, this is, this has got a PE ratio of this in FY23. I can't do that yet. Uh, the chart actually looks half decent, but I'm not sure if that's more to do with the fact that the sector's running right now. It's a very hot sector. So as I say, rising tide lifts all ships. Um, Jason said something very interesting. He mentioned the volume. I certainly like to look at volume as well. If you look back August, September, and just as an exercise, viewers need to go do, do this. Go and look at the, the volume in August, September, and the, and the price was very, very flat while this was happening, and, and, and volumes were elevated 
for about a couple of months. So that is basically um, insiders uh, or people who know the good news that, that might be coming. They're getting in and they're clearing out the dead wood that have been stuck in it forever. Um, and then the price starts to go after that huge volume. Uh, what I noticed, though, and it's it's peaked back in December, we really spiked up to 14. It was, you know, six when people, when the, when the insiders got in, it hit 14 and then volume spiked up again. That tells me that some of those insiders got out. So it um, the last little push up hasn't got anywhere near that that spike in December. Uh, so that would tell me that whilst the, the long term trend is good, I think the short term trend is starting to diminish. So I can't make a case for it on the right stock. I can't make a case for it on the right price. It's hard to make a case for it uh, at the right time either. Uh, we talked yeah. earlier, just what make final point, because I know you I know you always hurry me up, Andrew, and I respect that. It's not just you, mate. It's, it's, uh, I, it's no, everyone. I, I we've, do, we've just got, do, we've got lots of experts who I, know a lot of stuff. I do, I do, I do talk too long. Uh, I'll make one final, final point about this. I mentioned about finding spots in your footy team, about picking stocks in your portfolio. If I had to choose between this one and Tiny Beans, and you know, potentially they've both got great upside and great growth, et cetera, et cetera, and the right space, I would pick Tiny Beans every day of the week because I can see a way that they're going to make money. Yeah, yeah, excellent point, excellent point. Hey, Carl, I'm going to stick with you, and we're going to talk about another company that is probably under the radar for most. Esports mogul, ESH is the code. Aaron's written in about this. This is one that runs esports tournaments and has a matchmaking system for that. Uh, very illiquid, very small company, only a very tiny amount of, of cash flows or operating customer receipts, I should say, at this point in time. So it does seem pretty speculative, but it is a big market and it is one that the industry is growing very strongly. Is that enough to get you over the line? Yeah, it's one of those total addressable market things, isn't it? So yeah. the total addressable market is about 50 kajillion dollars. Uh, and these guys have a product within that space. And if they get 0.000% um, of 50 kajillion dollars, they're, they're going to go to a million dollars uh, in terms of their share price. Uh, of course, a few exaggerations in there. Look, the great thing about uh, being on this show, and if we're behind time, I can uh, do things pretty quickly on this one. So this is, a, it's not the right company. Uh, I can't see a pathway to them making enough money for it to have any value. And the chart's not that fantastic. So over to Jason. Yeah, it, Carl's, Carl's, I think, on the money there too. There's, there's um there is a difference between a very sexy narrative and a business that you can have a high degree of com confidence will be generating cash flows in the not too distant future. And it's just hard, isn't it? Um, mm. is, does that keep you away from something like this, Jason? Or are you one that's more optimistic on, on potential? Look, I don't really understand the um, eSports the, the e business that much. It's not, not an area I'm, I'm particularly across. Um, but um, Look, market cap of 51 million, it's been around since 2011, so they've been at it for, at it for a bit. Uh, the, the company says there's some 500 million players of eSport across the world and, and, and the market's worth $176 billion. So, you know, it's that big alluring pie, like can we get a little bit of it? Like, you know, who knows? I don't, I don't know. It's one of the interesting things they've done, just a recent um, um, board edition, uh, a woman by the name of uh, Kate Vale. So she was previously MD of Spotify, and um, she started off um, as Google's um, running Google in, in Australia. That is a really so, high profile hire. So it's, mm. I think that brings some credibility to, to a company which we probably don't know a great deal about. Mm. Um, they've just done an $8 million capital raising, and they say that'll give them, um, give, them, give them scope to run the company for the next two years. They've mm. got two years of cash flow, so they've got a two-year runway to, to get this going. If they start to get something happening will probably they raise more cash and, and things go on there. From mm. a fundamental perspective, look, I couldn't, couldn't say to, to get involved. Look, uh, the chart doesn't look so bad to me. I thought, I thought the chart looked you know, somewhat, you know, it doesn't look fantastic by any means. I wouldn't, not a stock I'd go for myself. But if you're, 
you're a punter and you wanted a pure speculation, the, um, you know, it, it's like, like the pharmaceutical stock. The, the upsurges, the up moves have been accompanied by strong volume and the down moves and consolidation have been on, on low volume. So mm -hmm. there does seem to be interest in accumulating the stock. Mm -hmm. Where it goes, don't know. I wouldn't buy it. But, you know, when I ask myself, could, could, could I um, make a multiple of my risk in this stock? You know, look, I think the answer is yes, mm. although, you know, substantial risk, speculative. Yeah, yeah, and we saw from that chart before too, which was a very, uh, what's the word, stepped might be, might be the best way to describe it. It is very, very, very illiquid. So just bear that in mind. We've had 87 trades go through the market today. Um, so that was from Aaron. Thanks for sending that through, Aaron. I hope it has helped you. Sandy's written in and asked about Whitehawk, WH Co. Jason, so these guys in the cybersecurity space. So it looks to me as though you can get on there and hire a white hat, white hat hacker, sort of probe and test your systems. And then after you've done that, perhaps find a solution. It is a another one of these areas where we know the industry is growing really rapidly. We know that, that this is going to be um, uh, an increasingly important part uh, of the economy, but it's also very competitive. Um, Whitehawk is doing okay, it seems. Their revenues doubled pretty much last year, albeit off a, a low base, but it is, is still loss-making. Given all of that, is there anything that, that would, would tip you into it? Yeah, look, it's another one of those, those stocks from outside the All Ordinaries. Mm -hmm. you know, $66 million market cap, so it's, it's probably not on the radar for, for most people. Uh, yeah, look, they've got, they've got um, contracts with um, uh, US government agencies. They, they work with um, large corporations right through to, to mid and small cap cap businesses. It's, um, you know, again, it's one of those big markets and there's probably like cybersecurity and, and, you know, you know, and hacking is becoming, becoming a bigger and bigger industry. They've got a foothold in there. They're, they're based both in um, Perth and, um, and uh, Virginia in America. Uh, and their CEO is a, a woman by the name of Terry Roberts and she's interesting. She was, um, she used to be the the deputy director of um, U.S. naval intelligence before coming across to the the private sector in I think around you know, 2010. Mm -hmm. So presumably she's got you know, she's well connected within the you know the um, the you know that, that intelligence space. Maybe that's a, a plus for the company. Um, their the invoicing for quarter three was was about a million bucks, which was up from about half a million in, in Q2. So you know, yeah, it's, moving, it's got growth. Mm. It's moving in the right direction. Cash burn's relatively low. Um, so look, the, when I look at the, the, the share price, you know, it ticks all the, the key momentum triggers. It's mm -hmm. um, we've got a rising trend. The moving averages are up. There's yep. momentum in the in the near term. It's um, look, I'd um, as a as a you know, a speculative buy. I think of the speculative ones I've seen so far. This is the um, the pick of them. Okay. This would be the one. If I was going to if I was going to take a spe buy. speculative I play today. Um, I'd, this would probably be my one. Hey, Carl, what do you reckon? The um, the chart looks pretty good. Yeah, no, the chart looks fantastic. Now we like it. Um, we've had it as a buy uh, for for a while now, um, and it's not just I said right stock, right price, right time. Um, look, it's a little bit more speculative, um, maybe a little bit more speculative even than than the tiny beans that we talked about before, because. Uh, whilst that's uh, a sort of a subscription um, ad revenue model, the cash kind of just keeps coming in. These guys need to, to a large extent, go out and hunt for contracts, need to, you know, apply, be vetted, uh, and then secure those contracts. So their, their earnings are a bit lumpy, and that's why it's hard to say where to, whether they're cash flow positive or negative at any any stage. I think they're going to go cash flow positive based upon their current run rate and, and, and their, um, their outstanding um, receipts 
in uh, this quarter. So that's a bit of that should be a bit of a milestone for them. Um, they do have a subscription-based business as well, so software as a service, where it's sort of monitoring your cybersecurity abilities and and threats, uh, and that is starting to grow as well. So as as that starts to increase. Um, that lumpiness in the cash flows will uh, will dissipate, hopefully, and then we start to get some reasonable earnings, which we can then make evaluation for. But, you know, we, we like to have an exposure in the space. It's again about picking the right um, uh, members for your team. I think this is a good one in the cybersecurity space. Um, they also have a, an exchange, a bit like an app store for cybersecurity mm. products. But the good news is it's not the app store. So if I go to the app store right now and I go cybersecurity, I'm going to get a lot of rubbish, let's face it. And probably yeah. half of them are hackers trying to get into my system. Yeah. So these guys have been vetted by um, you know, US Department of Homeland Security, uh, by the US military. They've got contracts with, with both of those institutions. So it's it's going to the app store where you know um, these guys have vetted the other the, the products that you're purchasing. So for you know your, your, your small to medium uh, enterprises, it is a, a bit of a no-brainer. Yes, there's competition in the space, um, but it's a very unique, very um, a very interesting concept. So um, it's definitely one that we like. We hold it and we continue to hold it here. And it's nice to see, see the share price going up as well. Well, there you go. That is our first double buy for the day. Let's have a quick summary of the stocks we've gone through. We started off with Tiny Beans as our stock of the day. Some really positive things to say from both of our experts, but they're wanting to see a bit more price momentum come in before they would buy it. So $1.60 for Carl. Jason was at $1.70, so pretty much uh, not too far away from each other. We then went to Goodman Group. Now, this is a, a property uh, company that's had an excellent history, um, very, very strong growth, very long service, long standing uh, board members. Uh, it was no for Jason, but it was a yes for Carl. We then went to Cochlear. Again, this is another business that's just got a remarkable uh, long term history, although, you know, it hasn't had a great year um, given what's happening with COVID. Uh, the guys kind of feel as though there's probably a little ways off before there's any great catalyst for things to take off again. So, on that basis, the comment was really, there's no rush, so no one's buying it there, uh, according to Jason and, and Carl. Uh, then we talked to Zalira Therapeutics, uh, doing medical marijuana type products, introducing a whole range of products. Very interesting space, a lot of interesting science being done here, but at the same time, it is very early stage. There's a lot of unknowns. And for that reason, uh, these gents were in no particular hurry to get in. We then spoke about eSports Mogul. Sort of a lot of comment, comments uh, uh, similar here as well. Definitely an interesting space, definitely a lot of potential, but very, very early stage, uh, very, very illiquid. The uh, fundamentals aren't really there at this stage. So perhaps for a watch list, but not one to buy at this point. Then we got to Whitehawk Security. And as you've just heard, this is a business that's got uh, some really interesting characteristics and there's a bit of price momentum uh, in there as well. So that was uh, a buy from both of these guys. Although, as I always say on the show, context matters. And uh, as you just heard the gents sort of classifying this as a more speculative buy. So it's not necessarily a core portfolio holding that you'd back the track up into, but definitely in terms of having some exposure, it was a yes from our two experts. What does that mean? It means that uh, as of today, Whitehawk is in the portfolio that we run here at The Call. And we've been running this portfolio since July 1. NabTrade are our partners and sponsor of that. And uh, they've been keeping a track of it for us. So let's have a look. How's it gone? Uh, you'll see on your screen that, you know, the last um, little while here, the weekly and monthly returns have been dipping into the red. Uh, but that has turned around recently. And as you can see, the uh, six or near seven month performance has been outstanding, creeping towards uh, all time highs there, which is really great to see. There's lots of uh, chops and changes. Uh, the most recent ones, 
Well, yesterday, if you were watching, you'd know that we had our ETF special and that got the BetaShares Global Banks ETF into the portfolio. Recently, we've also had Objective Corporation and Magellan Financial Group, Big Tin Can and Nick Scarly added in as well. And if you want to find out all the other moves, just head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. All right, let's get into the back half of the show. Jason, here's a really interesting stock. Um, mm. this, is, this is one that does electronic parts catalogs, aftermarket uh, components for automotive industry. Mm. Sounds a bit weird, but it's a business that's been around forever and a day. They've had a pretty good history over the last 10 years or so. Shares up about fivefold in that period. Pretty profitable business. Do you like it? Uh, Jamila wants to know. Yeah, it big, big solid business. Um, $700 million market cap. Not in the ASX 200 though, it's ASX 300 stock. Yep. So it's, um, it's very much, it's, it's, look, it's been an emer- it's, well, it's past being an emerging company now, but it's still, it's still growing. And, and management are pl- uh, uh, um, forecasting to grow uh, revenue, like double it over the next five years. So they've got some pretty, pretty um, solid growth plans. Uh, they, they've recently done, did a, did a capital raising, I think they raised about $84 million. And it was interesting listening to what they, um, what they had <coughs> to say about that. They said that, they, um, that uh, they're preparing the business, not just for defense, but for attack. So they're, you know, it, it's very much like growth is on their, on their mind. And look, it's got a high PE, it's PE of 30 ish, so you know, it does need to have, have growth happening. And look, they're, they're doing it, they're, they're, you know, they're getting the runs, um, earning per share was up 10%, revenue 12%, net profits after tax up 15%. And they're doing this, they're, doing, they're, they're seeing growth in consecutive years. It's not just like they've had a good year. It's been an ongoing thing. And that's why we've yeah. seen such good, good share price performance over, over time. Um, overall, look, I like the, like the stock. Um, but look, it's um, just looking at the, the, the share price uh, over the last, last nine months, it's been relatively slow to recover following COVID. Like you look at some stocks and they've recovered a lot, lot stronger than this one. This one... I don't know why, but it has been has been lagging a bit. It's um, it, it, it's recently been pulling back as well, so that's another another caution for me. So it looks like it's trying to regain some momentum. But look, it did have a really big big run up during um, 2019. Mm-hmm. So perhaps that's part of the reason why it is you know, still lagging a bit. Because often when we get these big moves, it can take time for that to just just work through and for the shares to consolidate. I'd rather buy it into a bit of strength. Um, I'd say that um, I'd wait for the current pullback to stabilise, and I'd look to buy in a break above December's high. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, Carl, what do you think? Um, some really impressive growth there, as Jason was pointing out. Although you are paying up a bit for it, um, can we mm. get it over the line? <laughs> uh, no, not from me. Um, not that it's a it's a it's a bad company. It's a great company. Um, this, you know, great product. Um, great. Um, usage and adoption within the market and, and great scope for further adoption because it is such a good product uh, compared to its, its, its peers. Uh, so, look, it's a very good company and, and the sticking point for me is just the, the price. You've kept, you keep mentioning, look, it's in high 30s. It is growing, but it's more sort of a, a low double digit growth, which, you know, don't get me wrong, it's, it's still great growth, but it's harder for me to justify um, the valuation where it is right now. And I think that's why it's struggling. It's not that screaming buy uh, where you go, this is a no-brainer, I have to get in. I think, um, you know, the, the people that run the ruler over it do the DCF valuations and 
and and and then plug and then plug the numbers in and look at the price now and go you know what there's just not enough in it for me to really back this one and i think that's what why it's struggling uh, however given uh, you know the, the the strength of the underlying fundamentals you do have to pay attention to it and if um, you know, earnings increase and therefore appetite increases. Um, I'd be happy to buy it. Uh, as Jason says, I'll give you the December high, uh, which is 202. So mm -hmm. if it's uh, moving above that, then I'm starting to get more interested. But for the time being, right stock, wrong price, wrong time. All right. Okay. Uh, that was uh, some good insight there, Jamila. Hopefully it has helped you. One thing I like about the business is it's got some pretty potent network effects, which is Network effects have to be the two most beautiful words in investing, doesn't it? Guys, we have to pick up the pace here a little bit. So, um, Carl, let's talk a bit about Money Me, another stock that is a bit under the radar. MME, Costa wants to know, buy, sell or hold? Yeah, very, very interesting. One um, seems to be growing um, its business very well. Some of the projections for this and some of the um, consensus numbers I look at have uh, growth off the charts for the next few years. And... Um, I can't kind of see where that's coming from, so my brain uh, stumbles at that point. Uh, also, given that we are looking again at high multiples um, that you're paying, and I guess justified if they can execute on that growth. I'm not sure if they can. Um, it's, it's, I look, I should, we probably should discuss what they do. So um, they do personal loans between 2100 up to 50000 It's a purely online product. So you go on, put in your details, you get vetted, and then you get the loan. Uh, they're also just starting to move into sort of a buy now, pay later product as well. They've got about 140 retailers, but that's very small when you consider uh, of the competitive. Of course they are there. moving so, into that space. <laughs> yeah, of course. So it, it's pretty much the personal loans. Um, I'm going to cut a long story short here. I, 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 if if they meet all of these expectations, um, then then it could be good. I, I can't see it happening, so I'm sceptical. I think the chart reflects that as well. It's very, very flat for the last six months when the market's done very well. So it's underperforming the market. There's probably a reason for that. Um, I can't get excited about it right now. Yeah, some uh, interesting insight there from Carl, Jason. I guess the other thing you might have to watch here is to where we are in sort of the credit cycle and the rest of it. You know, things are going surprisingly well given what's mm. happened in the world recently. But uh, it is a business that I suppose when times get particularly tough, they could see increasing defaults. Is that a consideration? It's interesting, last year they actually, um, last year was a good year for them. So the COVID year, or you know, the COVID financial year was a good year. There was more demand for, for, for borrowing, yeah. borrowing from them. So they're, um, they say that they're, so when their prospectus came out before, before listing, that they're for, on most metrics, they're running ahead of uh, prospectus forecast. So look, they're, they're, they're definitely moving in the right direction. There's a, there is a bit of a story there. They're, um, uh, you know, they're, 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 their loans are up 76, from 76 million to 178 from 2017 through to now. Um, revenues up from 16 to, to 47 million, so look, all that's all that's all that's going in the right way, but mm. I look at the chart and there's there's just nothing happening okay. there for me. It's only been listed for a relatively short time. Mm -hmm. There's no trend there. Uh, look, if it got started breaking up above a dollar sixty, well then maybe you could say there's a start of an emerging trend. But it's um, you know from my perspective, I prefer stocks with a little bit more more price history than we than we have with this one. Fair enough. Okay, so well, Costa, there's some added insight for you, but. It also means that because we couldn't get uh, a unanimous buy, that we're kicking it out of the portfolio. It was in the portfolio, but after today, it will not be. Uh, let's, uh, let's talk Vita Group. Uh, James has uh, sent this one in, Jason. Um, and again, just a reminder on time, but uh, you know, they own 
Telstra stores. Uh, they also in the beauty area now with laser clinics, I believe, as well. Pretty decent history. One thing that stuck out, the PEs on seven. Yeah, really interesting stock. It's, um, it's been, been around for a while, founded in 1995, started out as Phone Zone. That's right. And, um, yeah. and then, then yeah, turned into Davida Group and do stuff with Telstra, and they've got the, the, the skincare line they've brought on, I think, in 2017. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, real boom bust, real boom bust story, this, with the share price anyway. It's um, 2015, 2016. It was, for memory, it was the ASX 300's best performing stock. In the next financial year, it was the worst performing stock. Yeah. So that dubious honour of being best and worst. And um, booted out of the ASX 300 a few years ago. It's in the All Ordinary still. Uh, market cap 178 million. Look, I, um, I, th I think um, just looking at that, that weekly chart profile of the boom bus, it's got that classic look of, like you see it in, in, in NASDAQ and Bitcoin and you know, Japanese equities. Mm. Um, you know the um, you know the uranium price in recent times, where it goes up a long way, comes all the way back down to the bottom, and then for years it just goes it plugs along the bottom, and uh, people lose interest, they lose focus, they stop looking at it. I think that's where we are now, mm -hmm. and I think it's getting interesting. It's on that low PE. They're, they've got revenue growth. The, the business seems to be performing well. Got no debt, and I look at the the daily chart and. Doesn't look like it's quite ready yet. It's um, but it looks like it it could be about to break. I'd so I'd I'd have this at a, a buy at a break of a dollar fifteen. Buy at a dollar fifteen break. Well, I'll put it down a buy for the purposes of the show. Carl, what do you think? Just quickly. Yeah, look, it's totally confusing this one for me. It's an interest. It's a hodgepodge of businesses. So we've got a hundred Telstra retail stores that they manage. Um, they've got some um, uh, IT services that they provide to small to medium uh, enterprises. Uh, they've got a technology accessories brand, so um, mobile phone accessories, um, speakers, things like that. And then they've got their cosmetics brand as well. So, um, you know, I get the accessories and the Telstra stores, that makes sense, but the cosmetics and the rest of it. Um, so how do, you, how do you manage those? Do you have the right expertise within the, within the business to do all of those things at once? Uh, I'm not so sure. But it's, it's, look, it, it looks very cheap. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, often you can get that, that PE trap where, where the E part of the equation is declining and expected to halve, and therefore the PE of 7 really should be 14 or a multiple of that, right? It's not the case. Um, revenues are quite steady. They're not shooting the lights out in terms of growth. It's you know, sort of single digit, mid-single digit. Um, but it's hard to go past it on the valuation perspective. So, uh, look, if you had it, I would hold it. If you don't have it, there's better things out there for me. Like I, th I think it's about finding the best plays in the positions. This position is really sort of a steady stock with limited downside and a good yield. That's the position you're trying to fill. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think you can do that elsewhere in the market. So it's a no for me on that basis. Okay. So the, chart, I want the, to... chart, the chart's very flat. The chart's yeah, very flat. Yeah, man, we... those views. That, that definitely came through when we had it up on screen before. It, is, it might be a bit of a scale issue too with that big spike we saw, but yeah, not a lot's happened for a while. But it was in the portfolio. So uh, th th this one's on you, Carl. We're gonna hold you responsible okay. if, it, if it goes well from here. But uh, yeah, look, so that's, that is now kicked out. Uh, let's, uh, let's talk bingo. Now, Carl, this is super interesting. This has come up on the show, I wanna say a few weeks ago. There wasn't, uh, I forget who was on at the time, but I remember the comments weren't too favorable. 
Um, and then a takeover bid came out of nowhere and shares had this big jump, sort of making fools of us all here. So one of the things that's interesting about this bid, which is around about $3.50, I think is a couple of key words in here, unsolicited, highly conditional, non-binding and indicative. Uh, and it's interesting to note too, that the, the current market price a bit of a discount to that bid there. So there is perhaps a bit of skepticism from the market. What do you think? What do you do with a company that is that has got uh, the, the potential of a takeover hanging over it? Yeah, look, I, I don't know. I, I like this stock. I've liked it for a while. So um, yeah, we've had it as a buy since September, uh, around about 240. So it's obviously up from that. Um, I think it's a really, really good business. Um, it's, it, it's had a little bit of a, a tough time um, over, over the last a uh, couple of FYs, but but they're they're just sort of coming out of that now, and had some really good growth come through earlier in, in the in the in the year and that uh, first half, and a, and a good update later in the year as well, saying that everything's really on track in in, in, in a substantial way. So no, I, I like the stock. I think it's the right stock. Um, I don't think it was um, particularly uh, expensive when we bought it. it. It's it's now everything changes, right? Because it's significantly up from that because of this takeover bid. Um, but it's kind of at where I thought it was going to go anyway. So how do you deal with that? It's kind of at the price where I thought it could get to. Um, I think if you're in it, I think hang on to it because I think the, the bid undervalues um, the stock somewhat. Um, if you're not in it, there's no point buying it here at this stage. If you yeah, that's, that big jump. Yeah, it's a really good point. Uh, I suppose that's the thing to be mindful of, Jason. If nothing eventuates here, the price will potentially, at least in the short term, go back down to where it was. Uh, again, sorry to keep reminding you guys on time, but we are running up against it. So just quickly on bingo, what do you think? Yeah, look, it's um, like I'd, I'd buy in that this is the same time as um, Carl back in September. And, uh, but look, I think the, um, the, the takeover really muddies uh, the waters with this one. Like, you know, takeovers in the old days was be you get the takeover and it was the, the first bid is never the last. Mm. Nowadays, it's like, you know, the first bid, will it even be there? You don't know. So like, what do you do? It's only 20 cents below the proposed takeover. So you got upsides potentially capped. Bid go, the, the takeover goes away. You've got, you've probably got more downside than you do upside. So from a risk reward perspective, I, oh. I just couldn't buy it here. If you've got it, definitely be holding it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you saw something similar to Village Roadshow uh, last year, one of these takeovers with non-binding came out. Mm. And then the yep. um, the COVID started to happen, and you know the the bid went away, and the um, the share price collapsed. Mm. So yeah, buying for a, for a small potential upside doesn't doesn't make sense. I'd leave it. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me. I hope that has helped you, David. Okay, we're at lucky last stock of uh, uh, of our list today. Samuel Jason has written in asking about Grange Resources. So uh, an iron ore miner. They also produce pellets down in uh, Tasmania for that. It's actually been around since the '90s. So a long, long history here, but a lumpy one. Is it something you'd buy? Yeah, look, I really like resource stocks generally. Mm-hmm. I think the next few years could be really favourable for resources. And you know, it comes from, from two angles. There's the, uh, there's the um, infrastructure. A lot of global infrastructure is likely to be, be built in, in the recovery from COVID. And also um, the other, other prong is the potential for central bank balance sheets to continue to, to blow out. And I think that's supportive of um, real assets like like commodities, um, iron ore—it's it's you know front and centre for for infrastructure. Um, so and, and you look at the the share price of, of Grange—it's it's not inflated. It's been it had a rough rough period. Uh, when was it? A few oh, during the um, what 2020, 13, 14, 15 thereabouts. But it's you know it's starting to emerge from that. It's starting to now see the early signs of a of a potential trend. And I think the, the risk reward is quite, 
quite favourable. It's a, the sort of stock which um, could run a very long way. Uh, I think the downside is quite con contained. And uh, I'd be, um, yeah, look, I'm, um, I'm a buyer. We're a buyer there. Hey, Carl, what do you think here is, um, Jason said there's, there's a couple of different considerations here. One of the commodity, one of the general economic landscape, uh, one of the actual business itself. Is it, is it something that, that piques your interest? Uh, look, it's an interesting one, Grange. It's been around forever. It's actually, I think, Australia's oldest uh, iron ore miner. So it's been mining, mining iron ore longer than anybody else uh, out down in um, Tasmania. So it's not a, a Pilbara one. Um, I looked at it. I tell you what, I look at this a lot. It, it's, it's not a, it's, it is not a stock that is uh, unfamiliar to me. I looked at it in June. Uh, when I looked at Fortescue, we put a buyout on Fortescue. I didn't put a buyout on this one. I looked at it in August. Uh, we, I put a buyout on Mincor. We didn't put a buyout on this one. Uh, subsequently, I think we put out buys on BHP and Rio, and then we put didn't put it. So it's it's it keeps get over getting overlooked by us um, over here because of its I guess inferiority to the other uh, iron ore miners. Um, so it's not doesn't make it a bad stock. It just doesn't make it the best stock I think for your portfolio in this space. Uh, and it is it, the problem with it is it's a bit of a one trick pony. So whilst uh, many of those other iron ore miners have uh, more diversified operations from from uh, multiple mine sites that they're um, they're, they're getting their ore from, these guys have a single mine in, uh, down in Tasmania. There's a very very greenfields project uh, in southwestern WA that they're looking at, but it's that's uh, environmental tick, but um, still pre feasibility. Um, so there are risks with having that single mine. If the weather goes through in the wrong way, um, that's a problem. Um, look, it's a decent mine life, though. It's a decent asset, um, but they're producing um, they're producing pellets, not fines. There's a few things going on. They're a high cost producer, and that's kind of the problem. So um, when the iron ore prices, if the iron ore prices come back to 100, 120, they're just cash flow positive. They're making a little bit of money, not too bad. Up here, they're making money hand over fist. So it's kind of the right time for them, but you have to be of the opinion that iron ore prices are going to stay up. Um, I think your downside's fairly limited because it's certainly not expensive. Um, it's got a great dividend yield. Uh, so on that basis, uh, it, this could be the final and last iron ore uh, stock that we add to the portfolio. I'm doing it now. I haven't. I don't, there's no research note on this at Think Markets. Go to the website for details, of course. Uh, I'm doing it on the show, and then I'll write one up later. Uh, we're going to add Grange. Now we've got. Now we've got the full house. We've got all the iron ore miners right now. So we've got an, another double buy from our experts. <laughs> Exciting stuff. Good way to end the show. Let's do a quick recap here. We started off with Info Media, a business that uh, got a lot to say about this business, but uh, in terms of the trend, it just it was not favourable according to the gents. So we couldn't get that one over the line. Same to be said for Money Me. Uh, two thumbs down on this basis. Uh, look, it's got to be said, the, the sales growth there is, is phenomenally high, but there is like there are a lot of considerations with credit businesses, as the gents pointed out. So some food for thought there. We then talked about Vita Group. Really interesting business. Um, it's, it's really come back a long way from its glory days. The comments being, though, it does ostensibly look extremely cheap at this point in time. And for that reason, uh, Jason was uh, a buy, I believe, Jason, wasn't it? But uh, as long as it could get above $1.15. Yeah. It was a bind to strength. It's too flat at the moment. We need to see that that breakout of momentum. So if it goes up a little bit there, uh, James, uh, that might be one to uh, look for. But for Carl, it was just a hold at this stage. We then got to Bingo Industries and both gents, uh, credit where it's due, picked this one uh, late last year. It's done very well for them. But at this point in time, uh, it's not one that they would buy. Uh, as Jason rightly pointed out, you've got very little upside here if the takeover goes through, but potentially a bit more downside if it doesn't. And uh, this is an un unconditional bid. So that is certainly 
certainly possible. But we did end on a bit more of a positive in terms of Grange Resources. A bit of a one-trick pony here, but a very, very long established business. Uh, if you've got the iron ore price moving in a favorable direction or just holding at a favorable level, these guys are gonna make good money. And for that reason, and for a few more, the gents were both happy to put their, uh, their money into the ring there. And so that is a double buy, and that means it, it is added to the calls portfolio. Well, we made it to the end of the show and bang on time too. So we've done very well How good is on that front. How good is that indeed, Jason? It's <laughs> really great to, uh, to have you on the show. and We hope to see you again. Been brilliant, thank you. They're always fun. And uh, Carl, mate, uh, good luck over there in Perth. Always appreciate your insights. Yeah, cheers. So it turns out the guy from WA now officially has a buy on every iron ore stock on the Australian <laughs> Stock Exchange. There you go. <laughs> thank <laughs> it. Um, well, that is it for us today. Uh, like I said earlier, please go to our website to check out that portfolio that we are running. Lots of good ideas there. And thanks again to NABTRADE for sponsoring that for us. And uh, please send us your suggestions. We got a lot of new suggestions today, which is always nice. Um, and if you want to do that, you can go to Twitter, Ausbiz TV. I saw one come through on Twitter earlier today. So thank you for that viewer. And also email uh, the call at ausbiz.com.au. Just a couple words on that. We do tend to sort of operate that as democratically as we can. So the more popular the request, the more likely it is to get through. But uh, if you've got a stock that you're desperate to hear us uh, opine on, please be patient. We will do our best to get to it. That's it for today. We'll be back with the last show of the week uh, tomorrow. Until then, thanks for your company. Mm -hmm.